I'm so glad that you can join us here at Living Life. It is my pleasure and it is a privilege for me to share God's Word with you. I pray that His Word will not only stay with you throughout the day, but that it will be a seed that is planted so that it will be a reminder of whenever situations and episodes in your life that come up, uh, that His words will nourish you and strengthen you and help you in your time of need. You know, as a pastor, I've had numerous opportunities where I had to uh, provide counseling for people, uh, especially people who are in sin and they're seeking repentance because they want to change their ways and they see how sin is so detrimental to their life and to their relationship with God. And, you know, many times when I meet with people, you know, young people who are doing ministry or people in ministry at that time, and they're dealing with others who are in sin, I tell them not to focus so much on their behavior because when you do that, you only end up with a solution that is short-term and they usually end up falling back into those sins. Whereas if you deal with their hearts, when you understand where they're coming from and what it is that drives them to fall into that sin over and over again, there you can really change and impact that person and create a long-term solution. And that is what God is doing here in this passage as he's trying to get us to understand and seek him through his will. Jeremiah chapter 4 verses 1 through 10. If you, Israel, will return, then return to me, declares the Lord. If you put your detestable idols out of my sight and no longer go astray, and if in a truthful, just, and righteous way you swear, as surely as the Lord lives, then the nations will invoke blessings by him, and in him they will boast. This is what the Lord says to the people of Judah and to Jerusalem. Break up your unplowed ground and do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Circumcise your hearts, you people of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, or my wrath will flare up and burn like fire because of the evil you have done. Burn with no one to quench it. Announce in Judah and proclaim in Jerusalem and say, Sound the trumpet throughout the land. Cry aloud and say, Gather together, let us flee to the fortified cities. Raise the signal to go to Zion. Flee for safety without delay. For I am bringing disaster from the north, even terrible destruction. A lion has come out of his lair. A destroyer of nations has set out. He has left his place to lay waste to your land. Your towns will lie in ruins without inhabitant. So put on sackcloth, lament, and wail, for the fierce anger of the Lord has not turned away from us. In that day, declares the Lord, the king and the officials will lose heart. The priests will be horrified and the prophets will be appalled. 
Then I said, Alas, sovereign Lord, how completely you have deceived this people and Jerusalem by saying you will have peace when the sword is at our throats. And so as you've been following along with us in Jeremiah in this book, you notice that chapter 3 ended with the call of repentance. And so now it's a call for genuine repentance. Uh, and so this plea from God is very similar to what we saw in the previous chapter. So God's telling his people that they need to stop uh, their unfaithful ways and return back to him. And so this call goes out to all of Israel. So every tribe and both kingdoms were called uh, to this specific time of repentance. And so even though this is not the first time that God calls out the Israelites to come back to him, uh, I get a, a sense of a couple things that are going on in this book as these things that are going on through the heart and through the message that God is sending out uh, to his people. And the things that I get is that I get a sense that God is very patient uh, with them. And so, you know, if I were God and I were to point out to them what that I'd already given them a chance, um, you know, why should I let them off the hook? Uh, but praise God that this is not the Lord that we serve because he is understanding, he knows us, and he is very patient and he waits for us to change and be willing to come back to him. And so, you know, I know in my life there have been so many times where God has been patient with me. And I know that well, the times where I've made mistakes and I know that I should have been dealt harshly, uh, but God did not treat me according to how my sins were deserving of, that, of those crimes. Uh, so it took a long time for me to have a certain discipline and walk in my life uh, with God. And so when I look back and I see all the times where I've messed up before and I was so undeserving of his grace and yet he gave it to me time and time again. So I get the sense that God is also loving uh, towards these Israelites. And so this is not the kind of language or expected response from a jealous God. Uh, you get this idea that God truly loves the Israelites based on how he treats them and gently speaks to them. Uh, you don't see this harsh or fierce anger uh, erupting upon these Israelites because of how, how often and how long they've been unfaithful to the Lord. And so in their repentance, they're told to put away their idols. They're told to get rid of it and make sure that they are centered and focused on God alone. And so uh, just like an unfaithful spouse still uh, maintaining a, a relationship with the lover, they cannot come back to their spouse and expect everything to be okay. And so he tells them to make sure you deal with these idols. Make sure that it is uh, nowhere near your house or a thing that you worship for yourself. And so it says a lot that they would have uh, that kind of relationship with God, making sure that all these things are removed so that the only thing left is God alone. And so they want to God wants to have a restored relationship with his people. And God is basically saying that I will not allow for you to suffer defeat 
from your enemy and be led into captivity. Uh, and so he tells them in verse 3 to break up fallow ground. Uh, fallow ground means an uncultivated farmland, especially a, a ground uh, that was plowed before but has laid dormant for uh, a number of years or for a long period of time. And so it's very hard to plow because it's not used to it because it's been like that for, uh, for such a long time. And so he is referring to the hearts of the Israelites, saying that your heart is like this. It has become so hard. You've turned away from me and you've forgotten what it means to repent and seek forgiveness from God. And so he's saying to break up the fallow ground that is called your heart. And then he also says that your hearts need to be circumcised. And so this was a ritual that they were used to. And so uh, the skin that would be cut and peeled away. And so in the same way, he's saying that uh, your hearts, um, all the sin, all the things that are on the outside, they need to be peeled back so that you can confront and be one with God. And then uh, the second half of this passage until verse 10, uh, we see the vision of the coming judgment. Um, God says that if they did not return, judgment was waiting for them. And so this would be something very serious. Uh, they should be scared that if God were to bring judgment, it would not be something light, but it would be something that they would be reprimanded uh, very with a very stiff hand uh, because God has been very patient with them. So this blowing of the trumpet announced, it was announcing a state of emergency. And so whenever people heard that, wherever they were, at whatever corners of the, their farmlands or outside the city walls, if they heard that trumpet sound, they would have to come rushing in to the city uh, behind their fortified gate so that they can have protection. And so that is what God is saying. I'm giving you this uh, emergency, state of emergency. Will you listen and will you come back to me? And so God is calling us to repent. And I know that that feels or sounds like an old-fashioned word, uh, but it's actually something that is in response to love. And because that is what God has been showing us all throughout our lives, uh, just as he's done for these Israelites, God has been showing us such love, care, uh, patience, kindness towards us. How can we not respond but repent? And so, you know, think of it as though you were in a relationship with someone. When they've shown you such kindness, you can't help but say you're sorry because you see how badly you've treated them. And that is what we want to be at at that point because the other side of it is you will receive judgment if you don't uh, change your ways, if you don't learn to walk with God and be aware of the sin that can so easily taint your life, but also the lives of the people that you love the most. So let's pray and equip ourselves as saints and as priests of the Most High God. Let us pray. Uh, Father, we thank you for uh, the way that you gently uh, love us. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that you are never uh, quick or harsh upon your judgment. 
But we thank you, Lord, that you've always been uh, patiently waiting for us to come to you, to commit our ways to you. And so may we do that at this time. And we know, Lord, that you respond uh, with such compassion uh, and with such gentle care. And so we look forward to uh, seeing what you will do most and do what you do best. And so we leave our, ourselves at your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer, see Jesus.